Well, um, as we reflect on uh, our gospel reading for tonight, I just want to pause um, just for a minute. And we started this tradition, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, but I just want to spend uh, a couple minutes. Um, I know for, for some people, um, Christmas time, the holidays, it's a time of excitement. It's a time of joy. I have uh, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old at home, and so I know all about that excitement aspect. Um, but I know that there's also um, that the holidays, Christmas time, for some people, it's a reminder of who's not here. Uh, maybe people that we've lost um, over the last year, two years, five years. Maybe it's been even longer than that. And the holidays, they, uh, while they might ha offer some joy, they also sting a little bit. Um, and so what I just want to do right now, um, whether you are, uh, again, joining us online, or even if you're right here uh, in this very sanctuary, we're going to spend about maybe 30, we're going to have about 30 seconds of silence. And if you want to call out someone's name, um, or if you want to say someone's name in the comment section below, we're just going to take just a minute uh, just to remember those people that uh, some of us just might be uh, missing especially at this time of year. So uh, would you join me in this time of uh, silence and prayer? God, we thank you for these people um, who mean, uh, who mean uh, so much to us. And, um, and God, we pray uh, for those names mentioned. And even if there were names that were just thought of and not mentioned, we pray for them as well. And God, um, as we remember uh, these people, whether they were somebody that we called mom, or dad, or my brother, or that was my sister, or my friend, or somebody that I just enjoyed talking to every once in a while. We thank you for the place that they continue to hold in our hearts, for the ways that they uh, have impacted our lives, for the special place that they still hold inside of us, even though they might not be physically here. We thank you for them. We thank you for them. And we name them tonight, and we remember them tonight. And as we uh, welcome, uh, as we anticipate and we welcome the Christ uh, during Advent and Christmas, we also can't help but also remember the promise of Easter too. And that even though some of us have experienced deep loss this past year or years, uh, because of Christ, we, we have the hope of the resurrection. 
But before we get there, we do stop and, are, and we grieve. And we remember those tonight who mean so much to us. We give you thanks. Amen. Um, well, as we reflect on our scripture reading for tonight, um, it's a story, the Christmas story is one that most of us have heard dozens and dozens of times throughout our lives. And my hope is that tonight that our eyes and that our ears, that our minds, that our hearts would be open and receptive uh, to how God just might want to speak a fresh word of truth to each one of us and that we could hear this story, maybe even just with a little bit of, of uh, you know, uh, like, like we're hearing it for the first time. Um, so in, in the United States, our government decided a long, long time ago um, that a census should be taken in our country, and it happens every 10 years. In fact, we just had one in the year uh, 2020. And the purpose of taking the census, as many of you know, it's to make sure that every single person in our country is counted. And then once that data is counted, and it's tabulated, and it's organized, uh, the, the, the information from the census, it's used in a variety of ways that helps to assist our government from things like uh, state funding, uh, state representation, along with a number of, of other things. And I've got to say, I think um, our country, the United States, does a fairly good job of, of trying to make the, the census convenient for the average citizen. So for example, the first step in the census um, at least the one this past year in 2020, was a piece of mail that literally was sent to your house. You, did, you, ha, you didn't have to do anything. It was just sent to your house, and, and it said this. It says, hey, get ready, just a heads up. The census is going to be coming to your house soon. If you want to fill it out ahead of time, uh, feel free to visit this website, and you can just get it done right now. So that was step one. Then step two was another piece of mail sent to your house that contained the actual census, along with uh, another note that says, and if you don't want to fill it out on paper, please feel free to visit this website that we told you about. You can fill out your census there. Now, step three, if you needed step three, was, um, and I'm summarizing this, was, hey, um, just a reminder, just giving you a heads up, the census, here's another copy of it for you. Um, we sent you one uh, a, a, a few weeks back, but here's another copy of it just in case you missed it. And just want to remind you, uh, if you, if you don't want to fill out the census here on paper, you can go ahead and you can fill it out online at this website. Now, step four. Now we're getting to the real slackers here. Step four is a piece of mail that says something like this. Hey, um, this is, this is getting awkward now. Here's another copy of the census, your third copy of the census. Uh, please, it's your duty to, to fill this out and your responsibility to fill this out and to send it back. And if you don't want to fill it out via paper, hey, remember that website we've told you about dozens of times. You can go there and you can fill it out there too. Now, there's a fifth step. And this is reserved for that final 1% of people in our country, maybe 2%, I don't know the actual percent. And it, and it involves actually sending a human being to your house if you ignored step one, two, 
three, and four. And I'm not going to tell you how I personally know all five of these steps. Uh, that's not important. Uh, that's not the uh, main point of, of tonight's message, but that's how it works. And, um, but in Mary and Joseph's day, things worked a whole lot uh, differently. And uh, we've got it really good compared to them. So people back in the day literally had to travel back to their hometown on foot. If you uh, were doing a little bit better in life, maybe you owned a donkey. I don't know if they had like donkey rental. I don't know if somebody wants to Google that. I don't, I don't think they did. Um, and you would travel back to your hometown for the purpose so that you could be counted and you could be taxed. That's why the census was taken, was to figure out how much money you were going to pay the Roman Empire. So it wasn't even like a good reason. You didn't, um, and so if that's not bad enough, let's keep in mind, Mary, she's nine months pregnant as she is making this trip and as she's uh, traveling. It was a trip that required money. It was a trip that required time, planning. It was a trip that was exhausting, uh, especially for Mary, who was about to give birth at any time. And when it was time for Jesus to be born, I don't know about you, but, but so often we have this image in our mind, at least for me, and it's idealistic. It, it kind of looks like, um, you know, you have the, uh, the manger scene at home and everyone's just standing around smiling. And there's like a nice glow to everything. Everything's sanitized and peaceful and quiet and serene. Um, you know, like what you see in nativity scenes, Mary and Joseph just glowing, all these animals standing by, people calmly looking onward. But if I'm going to be honest with you, it was probably the complete and total opposite of that. Um, there was no medical team ready uh, to assist Mary. Uh, or who knows if Mary even had uh, brought another set of clothes to change into after having given birth. We sing about Silent Night, which I actually kind of find ironic, because if any of you have ever been near a woman who has given birth, there is not much at all that is silent or calm about the birthing process. Um, and so reading about the, the circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth, the traveling, the exhaustion, the uncertainty, uh, not having a safe private space for the child to be born, uh, Mary and Joseph likely feeling completely and totally depleted, a little fearful, nervous, not to mention all the other swirling emotions um, that, that, that parents endure and experience, especially when having a child for the first time. And while you and I, we don't live in the first century like uh, Mary and Joseph did, I don't know about you, but life can sometimes feel a little bit like the chaos and the fatigue and the uncertainty that the two of them were likely experiencing. Life can sometimes feel like that. Wondering, uh, for example, wondering how we're going to make it one more hour. Wondering how we're going to make it through this day or through this week or <laughs> to the end of the month. Wondering, maybe sitting up at night, wondering if we made the right choices in our life. Or maybe if we should have gone back and we could have done things differently. 
wondering if we're ever going to find rest for our minds, for our bodies, or joy, or satisfaction, or contentment. Wondering if this thing that's weighing on my, uh, that's weighing heavy on my shoulders is ever going to pass. And sometimes that's just the way life can be. As I'm saying this and I'm reading these different things, I'm seeing like head nods. And I would just want to simply remind you of a simple truth on this Christmas Eve, and that is this. Just as Jesus was born in and among exhaustion and uncertainty and fear and Mary having no idea what the next hour or day was going to bring, that Jesus is with you and with me in the midst of our exhaustion that we experience, the uncertainty that we sometimes experience in our fear and in our unknown. As we say oftentimes here at Journey Church, and I think it's worth repeating here on Christmas Eve, we celebrate the God whose love and whose faithfulness is not conditional based upon whether or not you earned it this week. On Christmas Eve, we don't celebrate the God who waits for us to perfectly get our life in order before entering into our circumstances. But instead, the one who desires to walk with us and beside us through it all. Just a fresh reminder because I know, like, I often say this, <laughs> I, I sometimes need to be rem- reminded of the simple truths of the faith. And that is this. Because I want you to know, and you to know, and you to know, and you to know, and, and, and folks online to know, like, you're loved as you are right now. Right now. Right now. And whatever voice, whether it's yourself uh, or maybe somebody else, some other toxic voice that you're, you're toned, you're, you're been conditioned to listen to every once in a while that might be telling you something other than that, on this Christmas Eve, know that we welcome and celebrate the God who doesn't sit around and wait for you to finally get your act together before I want anything to do with you. But instead... The good news of the gospel is that we serve when he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Anybody who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So may you know on this Christmas, this Christmas Eve and this Christmas, and you know what, beyond that too, may we open the door of our hearts and our lives And may we welcome and receive the Jesus who says, I love you just as you are, just as you are. I love you. I love you. May we open the door and receive that Jesus tonight. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that the gospel is indeed good news. That the the, the coming of Jesus is indeed good news.
that we don't uh, celebrate and anticipate the king who we got to really make sure we look good enough, that we just try hard enough, that, that, that we clean up our act just enough to, to, to look like we're, to make it seem like we, we've earned it somehow. Um, but that is the gift of grace, and that is the gift of Jesus, that you love us and that you desire to walk alongside us. And God, right now, I want to pray for anybody whether they are in this sanctuary or or joining us online. God, forgive us. We are prone to believe otherwise. We are prone to believe that God isn't that good, that somehow we need to earn your love. We need to earn your goodness before you want it to have anything to do with us. And that's, that's not good news. If that's who God is, I don't know if that's good news, but may we welcome and receive the king who entered into chaos, who entered into the uncertainty and desires to walk with us in the midst of ours. We give you thanks, Jesus, for the good news of the gospel. Amen. Amen.